0: well i want to welcome all of our campuses i want to welcome those that are joining us at our south shore campus our gulf coast campus online the orleans justice center and here at little creek come on can we just welcome all the campuses joining us right now so excited we are in week two of a series called a soul detox it'll be five weeks long uh, the whole month of August and into the first week of September, Labor Day weekend. And uh, we're talking about the power of, quote, being cleansed by God. That We all need a soul detox. Last week, I talked about uh, being cleansed from drivenness. How we, we that restlessness uh, that so marks our culture because of a lot of things that we unpack. Today I want to talk to you about being cleansed from the heavy soul. Being cleansed from the heaviness that attaches itself to our soul. Speaking of heavy, I, I um, some of you knew uh, that I got a concussion last spring. Actually, two days before Easter, I was working out. And uh, and I got a, I was working out on a machine at a at a place and the machine broke, and when it broke it hit me in the back of the head, and uh, literally gave me a concussion. This is this is uh, on a, the Wednesday uh, afternoon, and I, was, I needed to start preaching on Friday, and uh, and it was just it was let's just say that wasn't great timing. Needless to say, I, I, I was, I was really concerned, obviously getting through that weekend, but also, uh, because I wanted to, I wanted to stay with working out well. Uh, so what I ended up doing, I said, I'm never going to do that again. Uh, I, I'm going to now do free weights. How I many of the devil didn't even know what he was getting into? Cause I started doing bench press with free weights and I started working out with it again. Now you got to understand, I have two boys, two girls and two boys. And so my, um, My sons, they play football and they're, they're, you know, all into working out and whatnot. Matter of fact, they, 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 you know, when, remember when your kids were like five and six, your boys and they'd punch you (laughs) a couple years ago, my son came in the kitchen, boom, hit me in the arm and said, you do that again. You're going to see Jesus. (laughs) I mean like face to face. I'm serious. It's like, dad, tell me, you remember when it it was cute, then it hurts. That wasn't because I said, don't do that again. I mean that. So the other day, because I've been working out with free weights, so so my son says, Dad, I'll beat you in bench press contest. You want a bench press contest? Bench press. I said, sure. He goes, let's see who can do 135, how many times? So he gets on the bench. He does it 20 times. 20 times, 135, I said. You know, I'm, of course, I'm looking confident, but I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I got on there. I mean, I'm praying. I'm confessing. I'm binding. I'm loosening, I'm doing everything I can to just kind of psych myself up. And, and when I got to about 17, y'all didn't know I had that in me. But anyway, so <laughs> then I got to 18. It was so heavy. And, and he should be praying for me. He's like, you can't do it. <laughs> and he beat me. All I got was 18 and that's all I can do. And the reality is we, we had fun. But, but I, listen, I couldn't lift it because it was too heavy. Today I'm not talking about lifting physical weights. I'm not talking about even lifting physical things the heaviness that we try to move, whether it's through weights. I'm talking about heaviness that comes and attaches itself to our soul, the things in our life that are heavy, that burden us down. Now, again, I've said last week, and I'll say it the next three weeks, soul detox. We're not talking about cleansing the body. Now, again, I've had people over the years, I've never done a full body detox i know i had somebody walk around our church one time that worked for us they were always walking around with green juice what are you doing i'm doing a cleanse i'm doing a cleanse i'm not talking about that remember what i said last week watch this you are not a body that has a soul you are a say it soul that has a body pastor is a soul detox a scriptural term Resoundingly, I wanna say yes, watch this. Paul, writing to Christians. By the way, let me qualify something here. I'm not talking about becoming a Christian, specifically. Again, we know, how do you become a Christian? You put your faith in Christ. You trust Christ as your savior, what he did for you on the cross and his death, burial, and resurrection. And you trust that Christ is the one to save you from your sins, to cleanse you. Your name gets written down in the Lamb's book of life. You are now eternally secure in heaven. I'm not talking specifically about that. I'm talking about a Christian that picks up stuff in their soul they need to cleanse too. Paul's writing to Christians, and here's what he says. He uses the word. He says, beloved, let us, everybody say it, cleanse. He's talking to Christians here. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. All those behaviors and habits and hang-ups and the internal things. Remember, the soul's the internal world. Your mind, your will, your emotions, your spirit, the deepest part of your personality, who you are on the inside. He says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So Paul talks about a cleanse. The Bible talks about a soul cleanse. This isn't new. This isn't something that's 21st century, cool language, it's... It's biblical. It goes all the way back. It goes all the way back to the Bible where, where Paul tells the church at Corinth they need to be cleansed. Last week I talked about being cleansed, being cleansed from the drivenness and the restlessness in our culture where we're driven to perform, to achieve. Nothing wrong with achievement, but when, it, when, when we lose peace because we're trying to keep up and we're comparing and all that, that drivenness that is so attached to our society talk about how to be cleansed how to still our souls. I want to ask a question, all right class, how many of y'all this week in the morning rested and stilled your soul? Anybody? Boy, all three of y'all. That's awesome. Remember what I said in the morning, set your soul at a place of rest. And again, I can't go back and teach last week's message. Today, I want to talk to you about heaviness. Now, heaviness, that constant low-grade depression. I want to qualify one other thing. I'm not specifically talking about 10% of our population that struggles with clinical depression today. 10%. That's what statistics say. I'm not talking. I'm talking about. I'm talking about that low grade kind of that heaviness, that despondency, that that, that that low grade depression. It's not necessarily become physiological, but it's emotional, physical, and deeply spiritual. And it's impacting you, and it's pushing you down. How do you deal with that? And I want to say this: It is not your cross to bear a spirit of heaviness. God didn't give you a cross to bear. Well, I'm just walking around. I'm heavy. Must be my... No, cr- the cross God's given us to bear in the 21st century is standing up for Christ in a world that doesn't stand up for Christ. That's what the cross is. It's the persecution of the gospel. God didn't give you a spirit of depression to teach you a lesson. No, I don't believe that at all. Matter of fact, when I open the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is trying to get stuff off of us, not put stuff on us. So we need a cleansing of that. In fact, our key verse for today comes from King David in the Old Testament, Psalms 42. Here's what he said. Why, my soul, are you downcast? He's talking to his soul. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I want to talk to you about why so many people live with the heaviness of soul. I want to give you three reasons why I believe people live with a heaviness of soul. And then I want to give you three ways to, quote, get out of that. Three reasons why... Some of you may be struggling with the heaviness of soul. Number one, sometimes it's because we're heavy with hurts from the past. Sometimes we are struggling with present heaviness, not because of something that's going on today, but it's something that went on yesterday or the day before or the month before or the year before. Jeremiah says this in the book of Lamentations. Here's what he says. He says, I remember my affliction, my wandering. I remember what took place to me. I I remember what I did and I remember what was done to me. He says, I remember that and the bitterness and the gall, I well remembered them and my soul was what? Everybody say it, downcast. So in other words, it was something that happened in the past that was adversely impacting his present. something that happened in his past, something that he did, something that was done to him. And sometimes the heaviness that you're feeling, it's not because of present trouble, it's not because of future danger, it's because of past stuff. By the way, as a promo, (laughs) that's why we do what's called Freedom Ministries here. We have freedom groups. Why? Because one of the things that we wanna do, uh, and we we think one of the things that God wants to do is to get us to watch us make peace with our past so we can move boldly into our present and future. That we can get cleansed from that stuff. We can reconcile whatever we can reconcile. We can deal with our past. Here's what I wanna suggest to you. If we don't deal with our past, it becomes a ball and chain that holds us down from moving boldly into our tomorrows. So sometimes the heaviness that we're experiencing is not related to present trouble, but past hurts, things that you've done and things that were done to you. I became a Christian October of 1987, and when I gave my heart to Christ, I got saved. I mean, I got born again. I mean, I went all in. I mean, I was absolutely right. When I turned 19, I mean, I was just all in for God. About three or four years into that, I was getting ready to graduate from college and and move into the next phase of my life. And there was, a, um, there was just this, this, this kind of residual impact of some things that I had done in a relationship that I had, that I knew that in the past that I knew that I had just, it was, it was wrong. I, I treated this person improperly. It was, it was wrong. And, and I'll be honest, it was, it was, it was starting to spill into my present where I really felt this heaven is, and the enemy would come and try to condemn me and all this stuff. And I was getting ready to graduate from college, and I, I called this person up. I said, listen, would you mind if we could just meet? I, I said, I, I, um, I just, I just want to make things right. And I said, I'm so sorry. And I'm meeting with this person, and I just, I just apologized. I just started to apologize. I said, listen, I, I, I am so sorry for what I did. I'm so sorry for what I said. I'm so sorry for some of my actions towards you. And I, I'm going to ask you to please forgive me because because number 1 for, for your sake i don't want you to carry that into your life by the way when you forgive how I many you know you help yourself but also that other person and, and i said i don't want you carrying that into your tomorrows and 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 i guess it's selfishly speaking i don't i don't want to carry that and I, and i and i feel like i've so i've so hurt you i want to, i want to i want to get that resolved and it was resolved and and i'm going to tell you the next day i literally felt a heaviness lifting off of me you ever been there before Jeremiah said, it was something that happened in my past that was impacting my present. Sometimes it's your past, but sometimes the heaviness that we're feeling today, watch this, is because of the trouble that we're dealing with today. The trouble, the very things that we're experiencing today, heavy with trouble in the present. Job said it this way. I'm talking about why we feel the heaviness in our life. Sometimes it's our past. Spilling into our present, but sometimes it's the present trouble that we're experiencing today. Job said this, Job 4, 5. He said, but now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are what? Everybody say it. Dismayed. This has nothing to do with the past. It's something today. Today. It's something in your family. It's something in your marriage. It's a, a health report that came to you today. You went in for a routine checkup. You had no idea that you were going to get that news. And it's trouble today. It, 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 was, it was delivered to your house today. It's a financial shift today. It's not something from your past. You're, you're, you're at peace with your past. And you're at peace as much as it depends upon you with the people of your past. This is present trouble. And if we don't properly deal with it, it can, it can impact us in today. And, and it can dismay, bewilderment, despondency, and all that stuff. It impacts us emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Matter of fact, just in a spirit of transparency, I just want to ask you guys this. How many of y'all would be transparent enough at all of our campuses, our Metairie campus, our Gulf Coast, at all of our campuses, how many of y'all would be honest enough to say that there is something in your current situation in your current realm of your life that is troubling you and it's causing a heaviness. Would you just show a raise a hand? Right? Just would you raise it? Listen, I'm telling you, Job said it's it's troubling me today. And by the way, we live in a fallen world. <laughs> That's why we've got to understand how, how do we deal with this? Because we're not exempt from trouble. But we've got to have, we've got to learn God's power and His principles to walk confidently through those times of trouble. Because we can't we can't push escape button. We've got family situations and financial situations and relational situations and configurations that don't always turn out the way that we thought. How do we deal with this stuff? You had a five-year plan and you never never had it in your five-year plan and boom, this thing showed up on your doorstep today. Jeremiah said sometimes, heaven is comes because, Jeremiah said, because of things in my past, Job says it's because it's troubled today. Let me give you a third reason why heaviness comes, not because of our past or present, but sometimes we're heavy with anxiety about the future, about the future. Particularly, let me say this, and I include myself in this statement, particularly those of you that have active imaginations, highly analytical, you do a lot of scenario planning against yourself. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) You're real good against yourself. Sometimes it's not because of our past. Sometimes it's not because of the trouble today. But it's because you're always you're 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 what I call the coulda woulda shoulda group. I coulda done this. I shoulda. Wait, maybe this might happen. Maybe this will happen. What about this? Ah, oh, um. You know, I know. I have a friend. They went through, and so I just never know. And because, since, therefore, I'm not sure. Here it comes. And you can actually invoke heaviness upon you today based upon something that may or might not ever even happen. How many times are we worried about things today that don't even materialize in our tomorrows? I'm real good at that, by the way. That's why I'm preaching to myself today. Just remember, I need it worse than you. I get it three times on a weekend. Come on, you know what I mean? (laughs) God's like, you really need it, you really need it. By the way, lest you think that we're in this, you know, this group, you know, this marginalized group, even Jesus was concerned about his tomorrows. And it brought a present heaviness in his life. Oh, yeah. Remember, there's a big moment for him. It was called the cross. Do you remember the Garden of Gethsemane? He knew it was coming. Now, that wasn't speculation. He knew. He knew what was about to happen. But, But his future and his concern of tomorrow caused heaviness today. Mark chapter 14, look what it says. He began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And then he said to him, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. So I'm not making light of it. Sometimes there's things that may not ever materialize, but sometimes there's things that you know that you're going to have to walk through. It's true. It's going to happen. But yet, we still have to be able to manage our souls biblically today so that we walk into tomorrow with confidence, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with, watch this, how do we deal with heaviness in our lives that's either being caused by troubles yesterday, troubles today, or troubles tomorrow? Psalms 42 gives us an amazing principle. And I wanna say this, I understand the difference between an indefinite and a definite article. I'm not an English whiz, but I do understand that. There is a difference between a and the. I'm going to teach you a principle today that I believe is the, the key, not a, the, not a, but the key, the key, watch this, to dealing with heaviness, the key to dealing with so many challenges that come into our lives. And David said it in this Psalms 42:5. Here's what he said. Y'all ready? He says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Who? is David talking to? His what? Come on. Hint. Series title. He's talking to his what? Soul. He's talking to himself. He's talking to his soul. He he says, oh my soul, why are you downcast? In other words, what's up? Why are you discouraged? Why are you down? In other words, David understood something. He understood the reality that there was a key in the overcoming life in God, not a trouble-free life. But you know what an overcomer is? They, watch us go over what comes. It's not that things don't come. It's not that things don't happen, but they, but, but they go over it. In other words, they move through it. And, and the key that David said is he, he learned to preach to his soul. Why are you so downcast, my soul? So disturbed within me. Put your hope in God. for I, will you... I mean, again, and I say this respectfully. I don't say this to be disrespectful. But David's not dealing with a borderline personality disorder. David has actually learned the secret of speaking to his soul. <clears throat> Write this down. You and I need to learn to preach to our soul. You've got to be a preacher. Every single one of you, I'm not talking about a pastor, a priest, clergy. I'm talking about you and I need to learn how to every day preach to our soul. You're discouraged? Why are you so downcast? The Bible says you are more than a conqueror. Come on, soul, rise up in God. The Bible says that you can overcome. You are the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. You're on your way up. That's all Bible. you got to learn to speak to your soul. you got to learn to preach to your soul. Let me tell you, some of you have got to become so good at this that you'll send your own self an offering. You with me? You got to learn to preach to yourself. You got to learn to talk to yourself. When your soul is whining and your soul is feeling sorry for itself. Pastor, you ever go through problems? All the time. Some of them come from y'all, just to be honest. Some are my own. Some are inherited. But anyway, so that's life. We don't believe at Church of the King this panacea, utopia, you know, serve Christ. You know, all your problems go away. No. No. We know that we deal with stuff, but we also learn learned the secret, like David, to preach to your soul. Rise up, soul. You're not going to lay there discouraged. Rise up. You're more than a conqueror. You can overcome this. Greater is he that's in you, soul, than the devil that's in the world. Rise up, soul. So we learn to preach to our, everybody say it, soul. Yeah, yeah, it's the key. Let me give you three things that we need to preach to our soul about every day. Y'all ready for this? Number one, we need to preach to our soul to remember God's faithfulness in the past. If God did it before, God will do it again. That was that song. If God did it before, everybody say, if God did it before, God will do it again. You, you and I have to preach to our soul. Because let me tell you something about our soul. Our soul has a short-term memory loss related to what God did in the past. Our soul forgets, our soul forgets. We forget that that, that we were in a tight place before. We forget that we were in a situation, that relationship before. We forget and we forgot how God delivered us. We forgot how God delivered us. Lamentations three, watch this. This is Jeremiah 19 and 20. I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall, I well remember them and my soul is downcast. So that was, I already read that. Now watch this next part. <laughs> Yet I will call to mind and therefore I'll have hope because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your, come on, say it with me, faithfulness. In other words, Jeremiah said, God did it in my past. God will do it in my present. God did it before. God will do it again. God did it before. I was in a tight place. God, you helped me. We all, we all, we all can get negative. We all can get that small-mindedness and forget about God's power and forget about how God helped us. The fact that you're here shows and testifies to God's faithfulness in your life. The fact that you didn't get wiped out. The fact that some of you are here, you are a miracle right there by that testimony. Right there, right there. Hey, let me just help you there were some people in your life that didn't want you to make it there was some and i say it respectfully there were some family members they didn't want you to make it there were some reports that, that didn't want you to make it there was a financial situation and everybody said oh he's knocked out of the race she's knocked out but the fact that you are here is a testimony to god's faithfulness and you got to tell your soul listen if god did it before god will do it again if god did it before god will do it again We gotta preach, everybody say preach to your soul. soul. You gotta preach to your soul. By the way, let me tell you, when you get good at this, you not only preach to your soul, you start helping to preach to other people's soul. Let me tell you, if God did it for me, God will do it for you. If God did it for me. You wanna know why I get so transparent as much as it's appropriate as a pastor? It's because here's what I wanna say. Let me tell you, I'm no better than you. And if God did it in my life, God will do it in your life. Amen. Number one, we've got to preach to our soul. Remember, remember, remember God's faithfulness. Remember, remember, remember God. Number two, we not only need to preach to our soul to remember God's faithfulness, but we need to to preach to our soul, cry out to God in the present. Listen to me closely. Why is it? that we forget to cry out to God when we're going through present trouble? Why is it that all of us, myself included, we'll call other people? Nothing wrong with biblical counsel from others. <laughs> but we, we, we don't break the silence. We don't go vertical with this thing. We, we, we wait until we're so crushed, so low, so just, just, and then we finally go, oh yeah, God. Why do we do that? I want everybody to understand this. God knows what you're going through. He just wants you to know <clears throat> that he knows what you're going through. Let me read this verse here for a second. Psalms 142.2. <clears throat> David says, I pour out my complaint before God. I do it. Psalms 142.5. And I cry out to you, O Lord. And I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I'm in desperate need. <clears throat> I've said this for years. If I've been your pastor for 17 years, the church would it'd be 18 years, I think, this, this fall. Uh, in November, first week in November, if I've been your pastor for a year, two, three, four, you've heard the statement, and I say it multiple times throughout the year. And I want everybody to hear me, to hear me closely. There's 66 books in the Bible, all right? 65 books in the Bible, 65, are primarily God speaking to mankind, all right? There's one book in the Bible, primarily, that's man Speaking to God, it's the book of Psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S, and it's a compilation. About 75% of it is David, and then there's some other psalmists, and what I love about the Psalms and why the Psalms are so real, it's because it's capturing the heart of David and when, he's, when, he's, when he's hiding in a cave. He's hiding in a cave, and he's running either from Saul, who was the king at the time, or from his son, Absalom, that was trying to kill him. Both. How do you, you like that? On two ends, two different seasons of his life, but yet he's had a run twice. And, and, and David is honest. Let me tell you, David, how to break the silence. I want to help some of you right now. Break the silence in your life. Say to God what's going on in your life. Don't muscle through it. We try to personality our way through it, particularly type A, right? We want to just make it happen. We're going to figure it out. How I many you know you get in a situation in your life, you can't figure your way out of this one. But you gotta cry your way out of this. We cry out to God. I'm gonna talk about whining. God, I'm going through this. Lord, now let me just tell you. Let, let, me, let me help everybody at all of our campuses. Whatever you say to God, did not surprise Him. He didn't go, what? <laughs> time out. Let me get some angels to hear this day. <laughs> you y'all do realize that every time you cry out to God and you're honest with what you're feeling. It's not so that God's informed. Y'all do realize that? You know, in the Bible, every time God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Adam, where are you? I can't see behind that bush I just made. <laughs> Y'all do realize that, okay? It's not because God's limited. Anytime God asks you to cry out, anytime, listen to me, don't miss this. Anytime God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants to, listen, he wants to make sure that you know that he knows what you're going through something so powerful with that. It's like I've said, I cannot say a better, funny illustration of this. And some of you guys have been your pastor for a long time. You've heard me say it probably 15 times. It's the best. There's nothing I can prove on. If, if I can improve on this, please send me one and I'll use it. But it's like my, my pastor, Pastor Jacob Aranza, that was, that, was, that was preaching to that drunk guy. Y'all have heard this story before. He's preaching to that drunk guy, witnessing to him you need Jesus he's all over the place he goes alright I'm not going to pray for you right, I'm not, not going to preach at you anymore I'm just going to pray for you so Pastor Jacob put his arm around that drunk. Lord you see this man he's drunk and drunk guy hits him he goes hey hey don't tell God I'm drunk <laughs> and Jacob goes When well, you are he goes just tell God I'm, I'm sick I mean how you know, God knows he's drunk are y'all with me Here's my boy. And God knows you're hurting. God knows you're hurting. But the reason why you vocalize it, don't miss this, is because God wants you to know that he knows that you're hurting. And when you do that, something happens. You get your emotions out. And when you hear what you're vocalizing, you begin to understand that your feelings are inconsistent with your beliefs. And you begin to believe, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know there's trouble in my present, but God is in my present, and God's is in my present, and God's promises are in my present, and I'm not gonna let that feeling persist, because that feeling is contrary to what I really believe about God and myself. Does that make sense? I got so much to say. I hope this is helping somebody. So how, how 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 pastor do I? Number one, everybody say, preach to your soul. Preach to, your soul. Every, preach to preach to your soul about God's faithfulness. If God did it in the past, God will do it again. If God did it in the past, God will do it again. Pre, preach to your soul that God is your ever-present help in time of trouble. God is with you. God is for you. God's not against you. Let me give you this third and final thing. The third and final thing is that we cry out to God. Listen. Not about, we not only preach to our soul about God's faithfulness, we not only preach to, to our soul about God's present help, but we also trust in God's power for the future. Future, we're dealing with the future here. How, listen, how do I, how do we move forward in confidence, not arrogance, but in biblical confidence into our future, in dangerous times, in turbulent waters, both personally Cultural. How do we do how do we do that? Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7 and 8. A powerful verse describes this when Hezekiah, the king of Judah, says this. This is so powerful. Be strong and create courageous. Listen, we're talking about our future. By the way, I want to make a statement. Why can we trust God in our future? Why? Why? Because He's the only one that's been there. He's the alpha. Everybody say the alpha. And the what? The O. Oh, he's the beginning and the. The only one that we can trust with our future is the one that's actually been there. Look what it says. Second Chronicles 32. Be strong and courageous to not be afraid or discouraged. Why? 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 Okay, you're telling me, don't be discouraged. You're you're telling me about something I'm getting ready to step into. What is the strength of me not being discouraged? What is the principle here? why why, Why can I believe this? Because the king of Assyria, don't be discouraged, and the vast army with him. Listen, for there is a greater power with us than with them. With him is only the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Listen to me, I wrote this down. They were afraid. There was an army that they thought they couldn't beat. There's a future battle ahead of us. There's something that's coming up, but here's what God says. There's more for you than that's against you. There's a greater power for you. You have the blood of Christ. You have the name of Jesus. You have the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You've got the angelic host of heaven. You've got the warring angels of God. There is more for you than that's against you as you move confidently into your future. Don't you ever forget that. If you don't believe that, you'll just kind of just sheepishly, oh, you know, I just don't know. You're not by yourself. The host of heaven is behind the children of God. The blood of Christ is upon your life. The Bible says in Revelation 12, you've, they, they've overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the blood of Christ. You have been blood bought. You have been washed in the blood of Christ. You've been redeemed. No accusation from hell can come against your mind, your life, your family. Why? Because of the blood of Christ. Listen, the Holy Spirit's on the inside. The anointing of the Holy Spirit's on You have the anointing. The Bible says you have the anointing of Almighty God on the inside. What is that? The manifest presence and power of God upon your life. You have the warring angels of God. The Bible says the angels of God are sent to minister to you, the heirs of salvation. I hope somebody's faith's growing right now. I hope somebody's faith's growing right now. You tell your soul when your soul tries to roll out of the bed in a little pity party. Everybody's against me. The world's against me. Whoa, 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 whoa. You have the anointing of God. Greater is he that's in you than he that you start preaching to your soul. Start preaching. You start preaching. Soul, rise up. Soul, you're strong in God. Soul, God is within you. Soul, there's more for you than again. Who can separate us from the love of God? Are y'all with me? You start speaking to your soul, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, and you start saying that to your soul. There's no way that you can have a bad day. Does that mean all your circumstances change? Not necessarily. But your soul is confident in God. You're hoping in God. You're, 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 you're confident in God. I'll close with this, David. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, there was a great, uh, there was a great battle that took place and, and there was uh, a devastation of a village. And, and David was a leader and he was discouraged. And he, and he came back and the Bible says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved because they, they, they held him responsible. And he said, every man for his sons and his daughter, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Listen to me closely. I believe in church attendance. I believe it's important to be in the house of God. I believe that. It's not because of job security for me. I believe we need, I I need to be in church. I need the corporate presence of God. How many of y'all believe when when the people of God are worshiping together and honoring God? How many believe there's a sense of corporate presence of God that encourages you, isn't that right? Isn't that right? I, I believe in being in church, Saturday night, Sunday morning. I believe in being in small groups. I believe being around brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you this. When you can't get to church because something's going on or you can't get to a small group, let me tell you, that doesn't mean you're fair play for the devil. You've got to learn how to strengthen yourself in God. You've got to learn how to preach to yourself. And he started encouraging himself in God. Soul, rise up. You're strong in God. You show me a man or a woman that understands how to preach to their soul no i'm not going to show you a man or a woman that's free of all the trials i'm going to show you someone that doesn't give up i'm going to show you someone that overcomes someone prevails because they know god they know his they know god and they're preaching to their soul maybe you're in this place maybe at one of our campuses at the orleans justice center Maybe you're at the South Shore or Gulf Coast or you're joining us online or here at Little Creek and you do not know Christ. You're not sure about your relationship with God. Matter of fact, I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads. I've got about two minutes left and I just wanna give an opportunity. If you do not know Christ, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, if you're not sure that you've, if you die today that you're ready to stand before God, I wanna pray for you. I believe that Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus died on the cross for you. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. He, and if you were the only one, he would have still come for you. Do you know Christ? Are you sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just gonna ask a simple question. The count of three. If you do not know Christ, I'm just gonna ask you to lift your hand, and say, pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. If that's you, every one of our campuses, pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, lift your hand up high. so I can.